Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chad and Zay. It's a great beat. Sounds a little familiar, too. Third hour gets started on a Friday. I'm Chad Hastings. He's Isaiah Collier. Picks a beat out to start the third hour. Why do I have something in my head of that thing, that thing, so that's that, that song? Um, um, I should know this, right? You should, yeah. Oh, my God. Nah, just tell me. I don't have it. Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. That's it. Off her famous classic album, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. This is doo-wop, that thing. By the way, put that on the list, too, for me. I got you. At some point. Next week, I'm listening to The Chronic. But but put that Lauryn Hill album on there. I got you. I have always wanted to listen to that whole thing, and for some reason, I've never done it. Uh, I know how big it was at the time. I know how talented she is. uh, And everything I hear, I like. This thing, again, I knew it. I just didn't. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Hill, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Heat Wave, Bruce Springsteen, Hall and Oates. They've all been on the show today. Uh, this would be your Lauren Hill beat, of course, to start the third hour. And uh, we hope you're having a good one on this Friday. Shout out to all those great dads out there. Uh, we've also been talking about in the uh, crap bag today, I mentioned the Kansas City Super Bowl ring and all the crazy details. Um, one of uh, one of my favorite Cowboy fans out there, our friend Sherry, who uh, we end up watching Cowboys games together, talking a lot of Cowboys. She is a big NFL fan and said, did you see the box it came in? Video screen inside with the highlights from the season. Wow. What? 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 <laughs> Dude, I love that Super Bowl rings have gone to this level. I really do. I love every goofy detail they've come up with. But I've never heard of that, Zay. The box gives you highlights? That's extra. Dude, if that, if that, I don't know, if, I, I guess that's something that they'll be, always be able to, to have. Is there some battery? I guess you plug it in or there's a battery that powers that. But that means when I'm 65 years old, I can watch highlights from the season? I mean, I'm sure you could go to YouTube and do the same thing. But Maybe. yes, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a little different when you have your own personal pretty cool. box because you won a Super Bowl with that team. That is pretty cool. All right, uh, always cool when we get to talk to this guy. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline as we are 78 days away from the Longhorns' first football game with Rice. We'll talk some Texas stuff and maybe some other things too with Jeff Ketchum of orangebloods.com at GKKetch on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. What's up, Ketch? I'm at the beach. It's hot. Kids are Constantly needing stuff. Thankfully, I've got Uncle Chad who was going to call me at 2.05 and lures me back into the air conditioning. There you go. <laughs> hey, now remind everybody, uh, how old are those twins now? They're nine. All right, so Damn. nine years old. I don't ask that for them. I ask it for you because you are their father. Father's Day is coming up at nine. Do they fully understand the Father's Day thing and how much you need to be appreciated? 
Man, we're still doing Mother's Day. Like, dads don't oh, get about, you're, you're make me curse. Dads <laughs> don't, don't get anything. Come on, dude. You're at the beach with them? The four-letter word for anything, and that's what dads get. You're Wait a minute. You're at the beach with them. You're providing them with entertainment, vacation, food, all this stuff, and you're telling me you don't think you're going to get any love on Sunday? No, because we're, we're leaving the beach on Sunday. Oh, yeah. So it's like pack-up day, oh, drive-back-home day. And you got to drive, they ain't too. doing nothing for me on Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they may make, my, my daughter might make me a half-assed card. <laughs> Actually, she'll put some real consideration into the card. My son will be on uh, Roblox or something. He ain't going to care about it. And then my wife, Heather, will just be in Heatherland yeah. like every other wife. Man. So, no, my expectations for Sunday – Get home at a decent time. Watch the end of the U.S. Open. Might watch some USA-Canada soccer later in the evening. If those things happen, it'll be a good Father's Day. I have, I, I'm not getting a tie or socks. Ain't nobody <laughs> taking me out to eat. <laughs> Damn. That is a shame. That is truly, truly a shame. But, hey, at, at least you're realistic. At least you know. You know what to expect. By the way, when I was well, look, we'll be doing this again in seven in seven days. You can be like, "Hey, catch! Were you right or wrong about yeah. Father's Day?" You'll get the update. Yeah, I, I won't know. lie to you. I know you will. You will. Hey, I, I can relate to you. You say your son versus your daughter. When I was a little little kid, anything I did for my parents that appeared like it was creative and I thought to make something for them, teacher made me do all of it. All of it. Every bit. I didn't think of any of it on my own. There's no way. Um, all right, Catch, let's uh, let's dig into this, this 2024 20, SEC schedule. You've known me long enough to know how excited I am that the House Divided is back. It's going to be in College Station in 2024. Give me your feelings, man. Longhorns and Aggies are going to get back together. I mean, yay. Um I mean, that part of the schedule, my thought process is 30,000 feet up, looking at the whole schedule, and and what does it mean for Texas football. The A&M game is just a piece of it. When it happens, it will be spectacular. It'll be 500 bucks plus to get in the gate. Uh, Kyle Field will be ready. Hmm. Um, And it's a challenging football game, you know, for – for all of the smack talk about what Jimbo has and hasn't done so far since he's been there, that game will be rabid. And, you know, I hate to go cliche, but that feels like a game where the records can be thrown out. And if Texas is really, really good or, or vice versa and the other team is just kind of okay, that game will be a dogfight either way. And... It's something to look forward to. I can't wait for these two teams to be playing each other again. It's been way too long. It blows my my kid's nine. Not that he cares or she cares. They've never known this game to take place. Yeah. So, you know, let's get it back on. Let's get this. It's, it stayed a rivalry. Nobody hates each other any less. If anything, the, like the attitudes towards each other have gotten worse. It feels like it, this may have been good for the rivalry and that if we're being completely honest, Texas OU dominated the decade prior to A&M leaving for the SEC. So the Texas Texas A&M game kind of after the bonfire game 
really took on a Texas owned that series other than a few upsets along the way. It feels completely different. It feels like it could go either way. There's a lot of animosity involved. Now's the time to play it. You can make the case, though, that the time away from the rivalry and these two teams playing will make the rivalry better in the future. Catch, yeah, obviously the A&M game is going to be big. We've been waiting for that. But what's also big time is the cocktail party teams coming into town at DKR with Florida and Georgia. What does that mean for the rest of the schedule and those two teams coming in? Schedule's tough, man. And if you're Texas, you know, here's the thing. The schedule is so tough that if Texas goes 9-3, and three, they'll play in the college football playoff. Um, if they don't go, the thing is, the schedules, the difference between 9-3 and three and 7-5 and five could be razor thin. I think it adds to the importance of this season. Because if you're Texas and let's say you win the Big 12, but you struggle slightly, let's say you go 8-4, and four. In, in, in the first year in the big in the SEC, maybe nobody's losing their minds because the schedule is really difficult. I, I don't know what it will look like at the end of the first season when it's all of the computers and everything. There won't be many schedules in the country that are tougher than Texas in a year when it's playing Michigan and Georgia and Florida and road games against A&M and Arkansas and, you know, even the Kentucky games of the world – uh, will be difficult along the way. So I think that, you know, I think Texas fans have to recalibrate what they think registers as a, as a really good season. And in a year when the playoff extends out to 12, I think all you need to worry about is trying to be the number 12 team-ish. Hmm. And if you're 9-3, and three, so right, like, that bakes in some losses along the way. We're not used to aiming for 9-3, and three, but I think in year one in the SEC, 9-3, and three, given that schedule, would be really, really good. And given the strength of the schedule, to go 9-3 and three probably means you've won some, some good games, some important games. I mean, even if you were to lose, let's say, Michigan, Florida, Arkansas, everything that's left, or Michigan, Georgia, and any, any, any game you want to name, what's left is still, I think, a really impressive uh, group of wins baked inside of that, especially if some of those are close losses. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking at this through what makes for a successful season. And I think if you make the college football playoff next year, when it expands out to 12, that's a win. And I think that should be the goal. I think it's unrealistic to think Texas hadn't even played for the Big 12 championship yet. So I really kind of roll my eyes at Texas fans that have had a couple of good recruiting classes and think that after a 13-12 and 12 start to the Steve Sarkeesian era that they're just going to bow up in the SEC and start knocking the big kids around the block uh, around. Like, like you know, it, it's unrealistic. But 9-3 and three is not. But neither is 8-4 and four and neither is 7-5. and five. So I think it makes t- 2023 really important. Get a ring, compete for a championship, go to a major bowl game, if you're Sark, don't put yourself into a position where you're kind of on a mini hot. Let me put it to you like this. If Texas were to go eight and four this year and not play, I, I realize nobody thinks this is possible. But let's say they go eight and four, nine and three, and they don't play for the Big 12 championship. There's a little bit of pressure on Sark all of a sudden going into year four. When are you going to do it? 
And if you struggle even a little bit in the SEC in year one, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that looks like. I, I have some ideas. Uh, I don't really want to say it on the on the air while I'm in the middle of a vacation. Yeah. But, like, Texas fans want to win. Yeah, they well, want to win. And also, and also, catch. We also know these next two years. It's a very different discussion to say Arlington or bust versus Atlanta or bust. That's a tough way to start your year. There's to me, there's only a select few in the SEC that'll be able to actually say it. And we'll see if Texas really gets to say that to start 24. You know what I mean? Well, and there are no divisions anymore. Right. So this idea that, like, it used to be that if you were in the East before Georgia got really, really good, it felt like, well, anybody could emerge out of the East and, and, and play Alabama or LSU. But now you've got to be in the top two of everybody. And everybody's pretty good. I mean – Georgia and Alabama are going to be really good, and it doesn't. It won't always be those two teams playing in the SEC championship. But if I tell you in year one in 2024 that it is Alabama and Georgia, nobody's going to bat an eye. Right. Uh, it might actually that may actually just be the way that it goes. Quite frankly, A and M's got a an inviting schedule that's not as treacherous as the one that Texas has. So, you know, if, if Jimbo can ever get this thing going forward again, you know, there's a, that game, whenever Texas and Texas A&M play, could have a lot riding on it. Because I think, Chad, I think what we're going to see in that first year in 2024, there may be three, four, five SEC teams that are all on the 8-4, and 9-3 and three bubble. And so it will be how many teams in the SEC make the playoffs, and if you're eight and let's say you're eight and three ish going into that last weekend, there could be three, four, five teams. And Georgia and Alabama might have their seats at the table, regardless of what happens in an SEC championship game. When you lose is going to matter significantly. So I'm really interested to see the order of these games. How treacherous is the slate for Texas? Will we see a four game stretch where it's like, home against Florida, and then you play Oklahoma, and then it's Georgia at home, and now you're at Arkansas. Bam, go have fun with that, right? So you hope if you're Texas they put some speed bumps along the way, but that it's not cliffs every two weeks uh, or every other week or every week. So, uh, you know, we don't know all of the details yet for how this thing will unfold. I'm excited, though. Like, the one thing – it was really interesting that on uh, the other night when the schedule comes out – forgive me, I'm at the beach – my, idea, my, my days have disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that happened, like three weeks ago. Uh, the first, it, it was, you know, Sarkeesian puts out a tweet with the 2023 schedule almost as a reminder of, hey, guys, <laughs> fans, <laughs> right. players, my coaching staff, like whoever <laughs> needs to hear this, we do have a season in front of us that has to be played before we can go do this fun thing called the SEC, there will be a bit of this season that just feels like an appetizer platter at Chili's. <laughs> it's edible. We will eat the damn thing. There might be pieces of it that we like, but it will not feel like the main course. It will not feel like the main meal. It's impossible to see that schedule come out for 2024 and to not have your eyes on it, and Texas does have to play a pretty important 2023 season. Sark needs 
to have a really good 2023. He needs it for recruiting. He needs it for momentum going into 2024. It's a critical season. And we haven't talked one second about it, though, right? We're not talking about right. it's 78 days until 2023, and we're talking about a, you know, a season that's 430-something days away. <laughs> right. Sorry, I didn't do the quick math on that. But um, I think that, you know, so it wasn't an accident that Sark did that, and I think that he probably knows better than anybody. They have to play well this year. They need to win. They need to win big. I think that recruits just a little bit have said, we like you, Sark. We love what your speech is. We love to hear the sales pitch. But we also would like to know with certainty that you're going to be really, really good. And this was a right about the time when recruits started to tell Tom Herman, don't tell me, show me. And I think that this season will be big for Sarkeesian because they're selling the SEC. They're, it's a really good recruiting staff, but it becomes real easy to finish second and third for the biggest targets on your recruiting board if you're not winning at a high level. And just a little bit, we've seen some of that going into this 2024 class. Last year, they were as good as anybody in the country with that 2023 class. It's exceptional. I don't think it's going to be quite on that level this year. And I think some of that is recruits are keeping an arm's distance just a little bit. They want to see Texas and Sarkeesian win at a high level. And, you know, if it doesn't happen this year, it's impossible to know exactly what the terrain will look like 12 months from now. But it won't be awesome. What they really need to do is have a lot of success this year, allow themselves to go into 2024 with a lot of momentum, um, and then be comfortable with the idea that nine and three could be a hell of a good season. And those aren't words that anybody at Texas has ever said in their entire life, but it would be true. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Cash, before we let you go, this baseball team, just real tough way to end the season out in Palo Alto. What are your thoughts on going into next season or just what you saw in the last game, this last series, Mitchell Daly already in the transfer portal, how David Pierce looked? What were your thoughts on this baseball team to close out the season? It was such a hardcore loss that I had somebody text message me the next day and tell me they'd given up religion. Wow. The the exact text message was, if there's a God out there and he allows that to happen, then I don't want to be anywhere near him. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And that's how cold-blooded it was. I mean, I thought about it. Like, you know, they could just as easily, that season could have just as easily have ended on a line drive single, guy scores from second base. It happens. It was a really competitive series. And if, and if Stanford wins that way, I think Texas fans would have tipped their caps and said, you know, we don't like it, but it was really competitive and you were just a little bit better. The game ending the way that it did didn't make it feel like a best team emerged from the weekend. It felt like a team got slightly luckier than the other team, and that stuff counts too. Uh, it was hard. I mean – you know, whenever Texas fans start putting lists together of what are the toughest losses in any sport in the last 20 years, 
and and the baseball game is be, then you know when people are like, well, there's the Crabtree game. You know, whenever you start hearing that stuff, and it's associated with your last game of the season and a sport that you really care about, um, it's it's tough, man. I think I, I think the thing that I said last week on this show is the thing that Texas fans need to remember. I think David Pierce did a great job of man management. Every time this team had a had a valley in its roller coaster rides, they always climb back up. If there was a Big Twelve tournament disaster, they come back strong the next week against Miami. They did that thing against West Virginia to get a share of the Big Twelve championship. Even in the final game of the season, twice they're down by three runs and they come back. And I give that team a lot of credit. You know, it's cliche to say, well, they fought hard and they never gave up. Uh, that's like a letterman's patch on their jacket is there's, you know, but there was a creed of sorts this year for this team uh, to never quit, to always stay in it till the very end. Uh, I found myself noticing to notice that, to, to be like, that's the thing they're best at not giving up and always fighting. It almost got them to Omaha and with all due respect to God, uh, we'll just say that the sports gods, <laughs> plural, did them no favors um, in, in that final game against Stanford. There were some calls that went both ways, but in the end, losing a ball in the lights, rough way to go. Um, but Texas baseball will be back. I think the thing that's craziest for me, Chad, this hasn't sunk in until middle of this week, maybe Monday. Texas hasn't won a, nat- a World Series in baseball since 2005. That's a long time. Yeah. That's, we're almost at two decades. It's, it's the same as a football team. And they go to the College World Series a lot. They've been in the championship series. I mean, they've knocked on the door. But for a program like Texas to go that long, like we're starting – I'm starting to get the itch a little bit of like, they got to do this thing soon. Like at, at some point, you know, you're Texas baseball by God, you, that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's not about just getting to Omaha. And um, I don't know like, why it didn't sink in until this year, but it was like, wow, it has been a while. Like I think we kind of forget because they do knock on the door quite a bit, but man, it's been a while since they've done the whole damn thing. Um, and eventually that will be the thing that David Pierce has demanded to do. He hasn't done it yet. They've been to the College World Series a few times. But at some point, you know, it's, it's, it's what you have to do if you're a Texas baseball coach. Uh, and I think, again, I give David Pierce a lot of credit for, you know, it, ultimately having a team that never gives up and fights hard all the time like that, that, that starts with the coach. So when you talk about this team's mentality, Pierce to me gets a ton of credit. But this is a program that only counts success uh, by getting to the College World Series and ultimately having success in it. And as much as we want to compliment what this team did in terms of its attitude, the bar at this school is so high that losing to Stanford on Monday means this season wasn't a success. And it's, it's hard to say that out loud, right? The team had a co-share of the Big 12 championship. They're 
one play away from making it to the College World Series, but this is a bottom-line program. It is the Alabama football of college baseball, at least in terms of the number of championships and the magnitude and the expectations involved uh, in the season ultimately ends up not being a success because success for Texas baseball is judged on such an astronomical level that sometimes it sucks when they fall short like they did because it means you have to call the season unsuccessful. It doesn't feel fair, but kids don't come to Texas to play baseball because it's fair. They come to play baseball at Texas because the expectations are so incredibly high and the upside is really high that they can that they can attain obtain that and they just weren't quite able to do it this year. That's Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com at GK Catch. Catch, enjoy the rest of that vacation, man. If I was there, I'd buy you something for Father's Day. So uh, we were hoping for you. We'll check in next week and see how it went. Thank you, man. The ice cream truck. You can, I don't know if you guys can hear it. Oh, ice cream uh, truck. Get that wallet out. I'm expecting a wave of children to come in and ask for my wallet so that yeah. they can make make a mess. Nice. So you guys have a great one. I got ice cream truck duty to take care of. Go get you a bomb pop. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Catch. Happy Father's Day, man. <laughs> Later, Jeff Ketchum on vacation with the kids. Those kids better do something for him. There's two of them. It's twins, one of each. Come on. They're nine. What oh. are you, adding up their ages so they're 18 no, now? No, they're nine. She's got the nine-year-old female stuff going, and he's got the nine-year-old male stuff going. They have the best of both worlds. Together, oh those two gosh. should figure out a way to tell Dad Happy Father's Day. <laughs> are you crazy? Come on. He's the father of twins. I know. That's tough. You got to make sure. I mean, come on. You got to make sure you're taking care of Mom and Dad if you're twins. Actually, probably, I don't know. Maybe if you're twins, you just always assume maybe everything's done for you because everybody has to work so, much, so hard to figure it all out. Right. Maybe you don't even notice the work. Maybe you just get entitled. I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. I'm not a twin myself, so I don't know what that's like. All right, thanks to Catch for his time. Up next, why today matters. Some big birthdays to hit. Also big stories from the world of sports, including an update on that U.S. Open. Don't move. It's the horn. <laughs> Chad and Zay. All right, going through a Friday, getting ready for Father's Day. We hope you and your dad and all the good dads in your life are doing well. Chad and Zay on the Friday. All right. Sounded like a sounded like the male voice of Jay-Z at some point. Yeah. Is that Mariah? Yep. Okay. Heartbreaker. All right. I guess I didn't realize they've been uh, they, they've done anything together. Yeah. Two very distinctive voices. By the way, I don't know what you call it. I don't know if it's got a a phrase to it. Jay-Z's one of my favorite, like, mumble or talk his way up to a song guy. Whatever you call that. At the beginning of a song. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Whatever that is. Like ad-libs and stuff. Almost the, it's almost like you're pacing yourself to get ready. Right. Like, 
that right there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not even a part of the song technically. It sounds like he's trying to get himself to the next line. He's one of my favorites at that. Yo, Hov's a smooth dude, man. And I never know if it was planned or not planned. I don't care. I always like the way it sounds. Yeah, you gotta get into a rhythm. Jay Z. Yeah, exactly. It's just I like that stuff. Eminem's really good at that too. There's some. I love that they left a lot of that in in, in those tracks where I could hear them. The one with Eminem. I got to. I got no snare in my headphones. Right. I got no snare. Oh, okay. All right. And then. As he does that, then it's, yeah, okay. And he's trying to find that rhythm of, I'm going to go. I love that. Uh, Jay-Z and Mariah Carey. Can't beat that. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Heat Wave, Bruce Springsteen, Hall and Oates, the great Lauryn Hill beat to start the hour as well. Uh, we hope you are going to have a great Father's Day weekend. Now, Zay, you're going to be hanging with, you're going to see Dad and Father-in-law? Yep. You'll see both this weekend. Yep. I'm seeing my pops tomorrow, and I'm seeing father-in-law breakfast Sunday. Okay, so y'all are, like, taking him out to eat. Yeah. Do you buy stuff for the, for the dads? Like, do you think to yourself, I got to buy him something every year? Yeah, every year. Okay. Yeah, so what does CC Collier get? I mean, uh, it was not, some a, it was not a secret. Okay. Usually he needs something. Yeah. So he could go to work on the course and usually buy either a gift card or whatever he needs. There you go. Yeah. Nothing wrong with he, that. He got a budget. He know that. Okay. He got a budget, though. So you like, get him yeah. some, some teas. Yeah. Oh, well, not that cheap, but, oh. you know, still, there's a budget. Well, in their box. Like, it's oh. increased since my wife's involved, you know. Hey, they've got personalized teas. You could get him Bowie Bulldog teas, I'm sure. That's true. That'd be cool. That's true. What is, does CeCe Collier have, like, college and pro teams he cares about? Mm, just Texas State. But he calls it Southwest Texas still. Yeah. So there you go. You need to get some specially made golf tees and golf balls that have SWT on it. He'd like that. Oh, I want to say he has his license plate that says SWT with his <laughs> college <laughs> basketball number on it. Like, he is loyal for real. you damn right he does. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, let's do a quick check of the U.S. Open. They are going low. Uh, at the U.S. Open, although leads back down to 8-under. Wyndham Clark at 8-under, and he's been out there today. Those other two, Fowler and Shoffley, still going to uh, – they'll tee off here in uh, eh, about an hour or so. Yo, they lighten that course up. I thought it was supposed to be difficult. They really are. I kind of like it. See, I'm not one that wants to see them totally tortured. I kind of like when they go off like this. This dude's got three birdies, Wyndham Clark, to tie. But, yeah, Fowler and Shoffley went crazy yesterday. 62s to start. Oh, man, that's slow. Winging that thing. Good for them. Uh, U.S. Open rolling throughout the week. We hope that uh, hope that'll be entertaining in L.A. Hope they get uh, the good weather to continue and those course conditions uh, for high scoring. Looks like it might be there. All right, let's go. Why today matters on this June 16. Why today matters. Brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get Sinus and Snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right. Um, Zay, did you see this Greg Norman story today? I have not. Oh, my. Uh, here's a weird little curveball for Greg Norman. Greg Norman and his wife have been accused of negligence in a sexual assault suit. Yeah. A girl is cl- a Florida girl is claiming she went to a party, a pool party at Norman's stepdaughter's um, a party that Norman's stepdaughter hosted at his home in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And then there is a civil complaint they are seeking 
more than 50,000 in damages. Wow. So, wow. Uh, yeah, Greg Norman already dealing with uh, everything he's got going on with Liv and, and all that. Uh, that's a story to maybe keep an eye on. Also, on the incredibly sad side of sports, uh, a tragic story you may have seen. Um, it is one thing to go into a Father's Day weekend and, and you're look, just trying to take care of either your kids, you want to have a good time, you want to you'll get something for Pops. What Ray Lewis is dealing with going into this weekend, Zay, I cannot imagine. Ray Lewis the third is dead at the age of 28. He was a running back at Miami, so he followed in Dad's footsteps in terms of going to Miami. He was on the other side of the ball, uh, not near as you know big a big a player in terms of that we might know him in terms of that. But um, Ray Lewis has multiple kids, and one of the other, his brother at one point, Zay. Tweeted out something to to his his brother who had passed and said, "I know how much you were really hurting. I don't know what that exactly means, but I cannot imagine what Ray Lewis and that family are going through heading into this weekend. Man, that's awful. Yeah, very tragic. No parents should have to bury their kids. And yeah, what Ray Lewis and that family's going through is absolutely brutal. Definitely, our hearts go out to him." Yeah, no doubt. Um, so you got that going on uh, on the sad side of sports, on the business side of sports. Zay, give me a thought on Mike Dunleavy Jr. becoming the new GM in Golden State. I mean, he's a Duke guy, so you know he's smart. And, you know, his career in the NBA, I thought he should have been better. When he came out of Duke, he had a lot of hype at 6'9", could put the ball on the deck, a really good shooter, won the national championship with that 0-1 team, and he got drafted at number three. But he had a, you know, solid career over a decade and stuff, but he was never, you know, that number three hype. He was just a really mm-hmm. good role player, and, you know, he's always been behind the scenes, you know, with his pops being a former NBA coach. So he knows the game. He's been around it his whole entire life, and now with Myers out of there, they need a new guy to come in. They're the organization that drafted him at number three. So mm-hmm. he knows the Golden State Warriors very well. You don't really know if it's a good hire until he starts making moves and you see how those moves yep. look on the team. But, I mean, as of right now, Seems good. He does have history with the team in the office. He was hired as a scout in 2018. He's been with them ever since. So he's working his way all the way up through. uh, And then huge decisions to make there coming up. How do you try to preserve things here? Uh, Draymond Green and his situation coming up. Clay Thompson. There's other things that they're trying to figure out. um, And how do you keep – can you keep it up at a championship level, which is what they expect. Mike Dunleavy Jr. is their new GM. Uh, Also today, Zay, let's hit a couple quick birthdays. Today would have been 52 for Tupac Shakur. Pac. Birthday today. Wow. Yeah, 52. Imagine Tupac at 52. No. Would he have still looked like that without a shirt at 52? Probably not. Probably let himself go a little bit. Just a little bit. He might look a little more like Ice Cube right now. How do you be happy? No? Okay. Nah, yeah. uh, not, not quite. Uh, Tupac's birthday today. And how about this? Kendrick Lamar's birthday is tomorrow. That's crazy. He'll hit the 3-6 tomorrow. Uh, I just rewatched the Kendrick on SNL. He's incredible. Yeah. His performances are so good. They can be even minimalist performances, but he makes them as big as they can be. It could just be him, but it could be about the lighting, the way they f- stage it. The way- His full shows must be amazing. Oh, he's great live. I, I, that would be a hell of a show. I'll never forget seeing them at Stubbs probably three days after Good Kid Mad City came out. Oh, that's it awesome. Was ridiculous. Inside or outside? Inside. 
You saw him inside at Stubbs? Yo, he was he was that big then. He, you know what I'm saying? He was still kind of underground. Again, wow. this was right when Good Kid Mad City came out. So That's incredible. If you're a big-time hip-hop head, yes, you followed Kendrick Lamar by then, but he wasn't as big time nationally as he is now yeah that was a steel show for that's me. incredible uh sports wise one big birthday today that jumps out is phil mickelson lefty not doing tremendously well at this u.s open i don't believe what's phil been doing i put him on my list of golfers to follow i thought where's phil maybe i didn't put phil on that list struggling i guess he's not there yeah he's you know, struggling must not be doing well uh and then tomorrow's venus williams birthday venus will turn 43 years old imagine this is a venus uh, won seven grand slam titles in her career by the way uh which i don't i think it's officially over i don't know if she's officially retired but maybe she's not quite there yet uh but basically retired at this point venus imagine going back in time Find someone who's making, right at the time Richard Williams is doing what he's doing. They're not going to play junior tournaments. They're not going to, they're just going to wait, we're just going to wait till they turn pro. Walk up to somebody that's making fun of him. And maybe rightly so back then, because this is a wild idea. Walk up to them and just say, hey, 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 hey. One of them's going to win seven grand slams, but be way behind the other one. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. And then just walk away. Yeah. Like Venus is the lesser of the two, and she won seven Grand Slam titles and won doubles Grand Slams and was incredibly you know, influential in the, the equal money discussion and all of that and is one of the most popular female tennis players ever. Yeah, she'll always be, you know, even though she's the big sister, she'll always be looked at as the little sister just because Serena was so monumental. And mm-hmm. I, it's pretty crazy that seven, I didn't even know she had that many. Yeah. She got seven, five Wimbledons and two U.S. Opens. That's bonkers. Yeah, she's she needs to get the respect. I don't think she ever will, which is disappointing because being in her sister's shadow, but she deserves the respect. Absolutely. Oh, Venus is incredible. Yeah, she played a final at the one of those finals at Wimbledon was against Lindsay Davenport. It is one of the big, most big time big girl tennis matches I've ever watched in my life. I don't know if any. I don't know if any two women have ever hit a tennis ball as hard as those two did that day. Oh, wow. my God. It's, Venus at Wimbledon was magic, too. Just fit, fit her game perfectly. And that long, lean body. She could still get herself down low for all that stuff and just was cranking stuff. Oh, she was great. And would scream her head off. Yeah. She was like a screaming ro- – and she was like a robot compared to Serena. Serena was always the emotional one. Venus was stoic. Just robot. Kill you and walk away, Terminator style. Right. That was Venus. Happy forty-three to Venus tomorrow. Also from the uh, from the NFL, Amari Cooper, twenty-nine tomorrow for Amari Cooper. Obviously with Cleveland. Zay, would you believe me if I told you he had eleven hundred sixty yards last year and fourteen point nine a ca- a catch? That's the second best of both those numbers in his career. Oh, he was good last year with Jacoby Brissett. I didn't and realize it went to that other that he was that, you know, like career kind of second best of his yeah. career. I didn't realize it was that good. And you see all the money that a lot of these wide receivers are making. And a big reason why Jerry gave him up was well, one, because he believes in CeeDee Lamb. And I kind of get that, but mm, I don't think you had to give him up like you thought you did. Yeah. And wonder what it looks like when it, if it really starts to go with Deshaun Watson. Like right. if it really starts to click, what does that look like with Amari Cooper? And he was healthy the whole year. That's rare for him. Yeah. Happy 29th birthday 
to Amari Cooper. About to hit his ninth year in the NFL, if you're keeping track. Up next, stems and seeds before we get out of here. Rod, Harge, and Patrick are coming up. And I got to warn you now, Patrick's leaning. This is the horn. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. All right, stems and seeds, AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Just checking in on this uh, Shohei Otani guy. Zay, he's not bad. Um, he has a 12-game hitting streak. He has uh, he hit a 443-foot bomb last night. He's tied for the Major League League at homers right now. Oh, that was crazy. This dude. I mean, in my mind, I've been thinking – are we going to be able to, to compare him apples to apples to Babe Ruth at some point? And then there's going to be another argument of, is he just going to be in his own category? Could he pitch so long that you can't even compare those two anymore? He might be, man. He's a freak. He's special. Man. He's got 11 home runs this year that would have been a homer in every ballpark. They keep track of that. It's like a, what, I don't remember the name of it, at every homer ballpark, whatever. But he's got 11 of them, and, and there's like four or five guys that have that. He's tied for that. That's stupid. I mean, it's just, I heard you guys talking about him on the morning show today when you were filling in for Aaron. Like, just the the speed, the power, the you, saying five tools. It's like an insult to how many tools he probably really has. Yeah, he might have eight of them. Yeah, and hopefully the Angels can maybe make a playoff run so you can see Trout and him at the next level, which we've never seen before. Well, let's not go crazy. I mean, oh, my bad, Rangers fans. I don't know if we my need to. My bad. I, I, forgot, I forgot to end the West with y'all. Too. Now, if it's them instead of the Astros, I might take that. Although, I don't know what I'm asking for if it's Trout and Otani. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's not, not right. Uh, yeah, he is unbelievable. All right, coming up, uh, it is Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge and Patrick Davis. And I will tell y'all, Patrick Davis is leaning. I love a good lean show. Patrick Davis is on vacation next week. Have you seen what shirt he's wearing Yo, today? Yo, that's a bright-ass shirt. I ain't Dude. never seen him wear that colorful shirt in my life. He's going like Hawaiian print with flamingos all over <laughs> it. Patrick Davis is leaning towards a vacation today. It's just like next Friday when Zay's going to be leaning towards oh, yeah. a vacation. I can't wait. Zay may not hear five words I say next Friday, but that's next week. We'll get to that. I hope the guys have a great show today and send Patrick off right to his vacation. Rod, Hart, and Patrick coming up next with Ball Don't Lie. We will be back on Monday. Happy Father's Day to all the great dads out there, to Doc Hastings and to CC Collier and to all the other great dads. Have a good time with your dad this weekend and tell your dad and your father-in-law I said, hey. Thanks, Chad. I will. Happy Father's Day to you and your pops. Let's do it. Have a great weekend. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you on Monday. See you.